Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Another episode, and this episode will just be me. That's part of my internal update. First, let's get the particulars out of the way. This will be a somewhat shorter episode, by the way. CasualTalkRadio.net is the site. We'd appreciate if you would share to anybody that you think would benefit or be inspired by the coverage that we do. Whether there's a guest or not, we would appreciate any sharing that you could do. The more that we share, the more that we grow, and the more that we get better. Let's do the internals. So, the big news, of course, is I did get my call that I was waiting on. And there were a couple of calls. Many of them I was not pleased with. Those are mostly governmental calls. I was not pleased with those calls, but... And I actually ironically got an email from one of them today as I recorded this, which was almost... I don't want to say a slap in the face, but it was almost a slap in the face, basically saying, hey, what about this? Da, 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 even though they had already been spinning wheels for two years. So I just sent them a rather terse message back, letting them know to stop spamming and to just process what I'd already sent them. I'm not optimistic on that one. However, I got this other call. And that one, I think I mentioned on last uh, week's episodes, um, possibly even Monday's episode that I was waiting on the this call in particular, and it seemed like it was going good. But I was waiting on the next steps. I didn't get the I did get a next step in terms of a a verbal at least commitment to move forward, and at least a partial written to move forward. What I'm waiting on now is a third party process that I don't have any control over, and I argue that it's somewhat slower than I expected. Once I get that done, then we're a go. However, with what we've got, I was able to negotiate with my contact. Sounds like we were able to solve the issue I had with the delay up front and we have a solution to work with. He's going to send me the contract here, hopefully this evening, for me to review. That has not been reviewed yet, so the contract review is still another delay, potentially, if there's things I don't like to see. But he seems optimistic that that they'll work with me to resolve some of my concerns. If everything goes clean, the tentative plan, and I'm letting you know just so I can talk through how it affects the podcast. But the tentative plan is that this new deal starts on the 2nd of May. That doesn't change my physical location. It just says that I'll need to start rethinking, putting my mind back in that groove starting on the 2nd. Now, that is just the beginning. So I'm still going to be, unfortunately, stuck in Nevada. And I was hoping it would start this Monday, the 25th. However, they're not, the client's not ready for me yet. So, unfortunately, I'm going to be stuck here for the duration of April, which is a little bit disheartening because I really don't want to be here. But I will be here for the duration of April. And then the first week of May is when I'll start this new endeavor. And the plan is with working with my contact is to get it to where I get the first payout in roughly, hopefully 15 days at the most. That should then be enough for me to complete the move. The move is tentatively planned to wrap up sometime around, ideally on, but sometime around the 16th of May. So unfortunately, everything is linked. Everything is contingent on something else. So this, everything I'm describing to you is contingent on this third party thing that's not done. When the third party thing that comes in, then it's contingent on the contract, not having anything weird. Once I do the contract, then it's contingent on the start date and they have to do some mailing shipping to me. Once I, and that's assuming the timing of receiving this, which I'm hoping is prior to the second, the Friday prior to the second, which would be the end of next week. 
so that I can check it, test it, make sure it works. Plus, when I do get to the point that I start, then it's contingent on them being able to do what I want to do, which is, you know, pay no later than the 15 days rather than 45. Then it's once I get that done, being able to physically move myself and my stuff and I'll have the investment that I've got to give for the storage. And then it's contingent on finding a place up there. And then it's contingent on turning all the stuff off here. Like there's a lot of contingent. This depends on this, which depends on this, which depends on this. And I have no clarity until this third party process goes forward. At least that'll at least tell me, yes, nothing would affect it from the client side. Then I have to do the contract. Then once that's done, nothing would affect it from the contact side. Then it's all on me and I can pretty much handle it once I get to that point. But I don't know when all that's going to happen. I'm expecting something before the end of this week. He seems to think it should, but it might also be Monday. He doesn't know. And he suspects that there's whatever delay because for whatever reason, there was confusion about my name and I'm not sure why, because I clarified it like six times with him. So the plan is now to get all that moving. This would then set me on the path to reset from the damage from 2021 forward from the current administration and the things that they did that caused financial harm, some of it irreparable to my business and to myself and getting me back on track to where I can restore what I've lost. Cause I've lost a lot due to the pandemic, but not just the pandemic, just the current administration and what they've done in response to the pandemic. I should clarify because the current administration, what they did was things that were damaging to small businesses. And I happen to have multiple small businesses. One of them was not affected because it was started after the damage and doesn't have a lot of overhead. The other one was significantly damaged to the point that, you know, employees had to be uh, let go. So uh, this sets me on the path of trying to just rebuild to get to a baseline. This is not going to set me back to where I was in 2019. In 2019, I was much better off financially overall. I struggle with the content for this episode a little bit beyond what I just shared. That's the vast majority of what I would share for now, as far as the move, or at least that I'm at Liberty to say there's a lot in flux. And so I don't know anything more than right now, the tentative plan. And it's what I've quoted and requested is that this new endeavor will start on the second and I need to be out of Nevada or will be trying to get out of Nevada no later than the 16th of May. This does not affect the podcast other than I've turned off the guest screener, so there should not be any additional guests. I have one more guest. He's recording tomorrow. That episode will air on Monday, this coming Monday, the 25th. He will be the last guest I have till arguably the end of May, possibly even June, because then once I'm in the new place, then I have to turn back on the screener. Then it's going to take some time for people to find me. It took a couple of weeks for people to find the, uh, the outreach. So I'm okay with that. Just means that you'll hear my lovely voice until I'm at a settled state. I don't want to have the disruption of potentially having to reschedule guests. It's not fun. So that's on the deck. One more guest. So if you're listening because you like the guests, one more guest this Monday, the 25th, then there won't be any guests for the next month or so till sometime the end of May or possibly even June. And then we'll turn the guests back on once I'm settled in the new place, whenever that happens to be. The target is the 16th, but there's a lot more to that than me just saying that. Let me just pivot on a topic 
Um, I, I debated talking about other stuff. I'm just going to talk about this topic and leave it at that. So someone on social media shared a statement, a single sentence that got me thinking. I don't believe anybody else is thinking about it. And I think they should. But he was saying how children today in the modern era, pretty much the vast majority of 2021 and part like the second half of 2020 and even now trailing in 2022. He was talking about how kids and I'm going to surmise he was referring to kids that from a grade level, we're talking grades one through middle school, probably and some high school. But I think high school, once you get to the high school level, you're probably a little bit more tolerant of some of it. You're not as worried about it. And for the most part, you're a little bit easier from a parent perspective to let them you know, as long as the homework's done and the, so they can be homeschooled a little bit easier, I would assume this. But when you're on the younger end, grades one through six and then seven, eight, and nine, and nine is kind of high schoolish, but that that period, I this person seems to think that's the period that's most disruptive. And what he's talking about is all they know, like when we grew up, we knew that yes, there's gonna be some basic vaccinations because it's required to attend school. The argument from a lot of people is, well, yeah, you got it when you were a kid, so we should do it for everybody. And the problem that people didn't understand is, yes, but that's for kids. As a parent, you kind of have that obligation as you are the one, you are their guardian. You are the one making the dictate that you're going to do it because you don't have to necessarily put them in that program. You could put them in a different program that doesn't require it. You choose to put them in the program because you know it's good for them. So it's not that in that case that the government is mandating you have to go to this school and you have to do that. Certainly in some states, there's a requirement as far as which public schools you go to or which school system you go to. And it's based on where you live and all this distance. But generally speaking, the parent is the final call as to how this is all going to happen. So the parent is the one who's okaying or approving what's going to happen with their child. And for the duration that they're in school, the parent is the one who's calling the shots. The parent is the one who's ultimately okaying their school path. What classes they're going to be put in? Are they going to put in, a, you know, AP classes, advanced placement? Are they going to put in AVID? Are they going to be put in the higher level math? Are they going to go down a computer science route or whatever it is? The parent has to okay that. Like the school can't just throw you in whatever without consulting the school. That's why they have parent teacher associations because the parent ultimately has to be involved in the development of that child. What we saw, the I would argue, probably the second half of 2020 when President Trump was leaving office and then the vast majority of 2021 and even now is this constant disruption where there's people are dictating because of fear on parents and they're overriding what the parents' judgment is, telling the parents what they need to do with their kids. And the result is that the kids, all they knew for this period of time is well, geez, okay, mask on or mask not on or homeschool or not homeschool or I can't go here with my friends. I can't go to the mall because it's closed. I can't go get some food because it's closed. And we have to go, we have to order delivery and then we have to do this and delivery's late and I'm hungry now and we can't go to the, the uh, you know, Albertsons or Vons because, you know, they're closed and we have to do this. That's all they knew is this, this crazy random unstructured, illogical reactions to just scrambling, just scrambling. And it's all they know. And then 
the younger, certainly the, you know, the one through, let's say, grade four, and the, okay, you got to put a mask on and stories about kids that are just going crazy, having to wear the mask and some that can't breathe because they have a breathing disorder. And, and his point was that, you know, it's sad that that's what we've, we've saddled the children with this uncertainty where they don't, you know, the parents don't know what they're, the parents can't do anything to override it like they normally should. They can't raise their own kid the way they want to. They can't be that guardian for their kid. Somebody else is dictating how to raise their child. And then the parents have no power to push back on it. This is on top of the other things that were happening, the common cores of the world and everything else. There was a, there was a footage where there was a, the parents were all in the, in the room and they were talking about common core and the educational system and homeschooling and everything else. And apparently I wasn't in the room, but apparently the parents were basically told this is what it is and you just got to deal with it. And then some people were arrested to the point that even like congressmen potential were getting attacked. And so the parents are now seeing, okay, these basically the government's just getting in my business and not allowing me to be a parent to my child. The children that are being affected because they see this whole period of time of roughly two years span where it's, it's, it's almost like a third world country in the way that they have been treated all because of a reaction to a certain subset that is, that has been affected by misrepresented data and everything else. And then we try to impose these on everybody else. Like think of like when I was younger, yeah, I would, you know, fly back to see grandparents or something else. I can only, I, during that time it was different, right? Because we didn't have the roller bags we have today. We had the big Hulk and suitcases with no wheels, or if it did have wheels, it had the one strap and it would keep falling over. So there was that, but also we didn't have TSA at that time. And for the unaccompanied minor process, it was a pretty peaceful experience. We didn't have too much disruption. I couldn't imagine trying at, at that age, trying to deal with the, the nonsense that the airports were and some are still doing. I couldn't imagine this idea that I can't even go in the darn thing without putting something on my mouth and then I can't get to where I need to sit down because I have to stand in this long line with a whole bunch of other people all wearing masks just to be potentially groped by these people in uniforms who aren't really cops to have my stuff confiscated because they don't understand that it's a, a PSP that actually happened by the way to not to me, but in the news that they don't understand what it is. And so they're going to confiscate it, but then they're going to grope you and pat you down anyway. Then you get to the back and you can't get anything to eat because they've closed down all the shops because of this, whatever, but you still got to wear this mask. And then you get near the plane and then they're screaming at you that you got to Like, I can't as a kid, I can't, wrap my head around what I would have been thinking at that time. It would have felt bizarre. Like this doesn't feel like what we were told. My country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty. That, that, that wouldn't have felt like that at all. Like think about that. We, we sing things like pledge of allegiance. We sing all these things and then we don't practice any of it because we're reacting. We're just reacting to a thing. And so his point about how kids are being influenced in the perception is not one where you're able to grow up and enjoy your childhood and enjoy your school friends and learn something and actually embrace it and do PE without having something on your mouth and just enjoy life in that age and just take the time to grow up and learn to ride a bike and 
do these things without having to worry about it. And instead, this subset of the kids during this period of time, this two-year span, they're dealing with something that's like we're, nobody's thinking about it from their perspective of they, they must think we're idiots. They must think we're just absolutely nuts that don't know what we're doing, that we don't know what we're doing. And it's sad. It's sad to think that that such a thing was allowed to get so bad. And I would argue that it's still bad. We still haven't really solved it. We still haven't really resolved it. And the, you know, the misrepresentation about certain things get puts influence on them as far as fear and them not wanting to be near their friends or them not wanting to go to the, like we used to go to the mall with our friends and we used to ride the bus with our friends. We used to go out shopping with our friends, go look at music, listen to music with our friends, go to the movies on dates. And these are things we, yes, we took for granted, but still it's that, that we've, unfortunately condition the young folks to be afraid of doing these things that we we've trained them that now you got to be worried you got to be scared you got to be nervous and all the things that say yeah but this five-year-old kid just got the long COVID he's might die it it misrepresents what the truth is which is that statistically younger folks and people who don't have comorbidities are at no greater risk of severe illness than some you know, with the seasonal flu that does kill people on a regular basis. And the presentation has caused kids to think that it's worse than it is because of the way it's been presented. And then parents, some of them are getting fired from their jobs because they, for whatever reason, don't want to do what the company's requiring and they have no recourse. They have no protection. The employer, even if that person stays, the employer is not working with that parent to give them more time. They're still forcing 40 hour timesheets. They're still forcing you to be on Slack for eight hours a day. They're still forcing you to do these things. So that person can't just say, look, give me the deadline. I will make sure it's done by the deadline, but I need the time to spend with my kids. The rebuttal is, well, you got PTO. You take PTO and then people look down on you because they're short staffed and they don't want to hire more people to fill the gaps. And then work doesn't go done. Right. And so then it's this spin cycle because the employer is not willing to do the easy route, which is to say, we're not going to babysit you. We're not doing the timesheet stuff. Your job is get it done by the due date. However you need to do it, however long it takes you, you need to get it done by the due date. So get it done by the due date. Other than that, take care of your family. Then the parent can see to their kid and the parent can make strong decisions for their own family. That might be, look, little Jimmy, you can't go play with your with you know, your friends because we're concerned for you. Or it could be, look, let's talk parent to parent about this thing and let's come to agreement as a neighborhood, right? And say, this is what we're going to do with our kids to keep them safe. Or maybe we don't worry about it. We say, just go ahead and have at it and we're not going to worry about it. Or we say, let's do this. The point is, I, I believe that not allowing the parents to sort it out themselves was a critical mistake. I believe that from a from a sentiment perspective, we've caused people to think that we just don't know what the heck we're doing as a society. We don't know what, so we overreact. We take the extreme because of a subset where something happened when in truth, if we think about fentanyl, fentanyl is arguably a much more dangerous thing than anything COVID because just the smallest amount of fentanyl can kill somebody. And they're sneaking it into common drugs. There was some snuck into aspirins, some snuck into parties. So it's easy to sneak this drug into these things. 
it's it's terrible that that it killed Prince and then that kind of came and went is shocking to me. We're not doing the same kind of aggressive outreach and educational parts around fentanyl and fentanyl arguably arguably is has greater risk because it doesn't care about comorbidities. It doesn't care about your age, race, creed, color, him or her. But yet we're not talking about that one. We're not as aggressive about that one, but we're aggressive about this one that arguably affects a specific defined subset of the population and it is percentage based and it's easy to control it by simply distance. But with fentanyl, you you can't stay away from it. You, you have no way of knowing. Like, I don't know to me why we're not terrified of the idea that just a little bit of fentanyl stuck on an aspirin somewhere could kill somebody. To me, that should be terrifying to people. And I would want the government aggressively messaging that not the COVID the way they did. I would want them having flyers and commercials and everything else about this fentanyl thing. I would want taxpayer dollars put towards cracking down on the fentanyl crisis. We know where it's coming from. It's coming from across the border. So when I see that we're welcoming illegal immigrants, that means we don't care about the fentanyl crisis. I don't know why that's acceptable because the thing is everybody that's putting our kids at further risk. That's putting our kids at greater risk than anything COVID. And that scares me that we've conditioned them to be so terrified of this over here that from a statistics, from a numbers perspective, affects them less and impacts them less. Yes, they could carry it and possibly give it to somebody that's elderly. We know this. So you take precautions around that. My point is we're not educating them, I don't think, and we're not allowing the parents to make those decisions to prevent them from something that's much worse, that doesn't care about their age, that doesn't care about elderly, that doesn't care about anything in these drugs that are starting to infect and get progressively worse. We're seeing statistics that this is happening. We're seeing with weed. We're seeing that they're lacing weed with this stuff as people just willy nilly embrace weed and try to legalize it. That's just going to get worse. And we're not talking about that to probably edit because kids are younger and younger partaking of that because we're not educating people that no, it's not just grass. No, it's not just a healthy thing that yes, it can have long-term impacts and yes, it could be damaging and yes, it could be fatal and even worse. So if somebody laces it with this garbage, we're not talking about cocaine. It's still a thing out there. We're not talking about crack. It's still a thing out there. We're not talking about ecstasy. It's still a thing out there. We're not talking about what used to be called the war on drugs anymore. We don't care about any of that stuff because this came front center even though statistically it was not affecting the majority of people. That's why I'm worried because the kids now have been told and conditioned and trained, not by their parents, but by external factors, the media and the news that they should only really think about this. And this is what we need to care about. And then we can't even make up our mind about what to do about it. But we also in our haste to kind of react, we're ignoring the war on drugs. Now we're not, focusing on it. We're not doing anything around it. That scares me and I'm not a parent and anybody who is a parent, I would hope should be thinking about those things. But I understand that the media has not talked about those things and I think they should. That's where I think our attention should have been all along is no, this is bad. This is terrible. We should never ignore or just gloss over drugs and the fact that they're, especially because the current administration's welcoming illegals, we shouldn't look overlook that because that's a risk in doing that 
that's going to affect the kids arguably worse because they don't know any better, right? They could go to some party and not know that something was laced in a, a, a shot of weed or something. They, they wouldn't know. And if parents aren't given that information, they're like we used to do with D.A.R.E. and other programs. If parents aren't given that information so that they can be informed and really protect their kids against the things that truly are immediate threats to them. I'm, I'm truly concerned like the person online that I think we're losing sight of, of what's going to protect our kids in the big picture. So I thought I'd share that because I don't know that anybody's having that conversation. And if you are a parent, whether your kids are grown or not, right, they could be in their twenties. I don't think it matters. If I would argue I have not seen, now I don't have cable on purpose. I haven't had cable in almost a decade on purpose, actually over a decade. But I would argue that I haven't seen hardly any conversation around the drug crisis that's currently happening in the United States. So if I'm right, and you also have not seen anything around the drug crisis, I want you to think about it and, and search it, like search it, like literally go when you get a free moment, Search it out and see what I'm talking about and start with fentanyl. Fentanyl was the drug that ultimately killed Prince. Take a look at fentanyl and just do a search and get up to speed on it so you can understand. It's The thing is fentanyl is also a prescribed medication. It's actually used for pain medication. The problem is, is when if you don't control the dose and if you don't control how it's, how it's administered, it, it can be deadly and there are there's clear explanations around it with the comparison against things like heroin and it'll blow your mind and if you've not heard the message I'm saying which is that no this this fentanyl crisis is serious and we need to fix this and we need to solve this if you haven't heard the same thing that I'm talking about I want I'm my call to action to you would be to get up to speed get up completely to speed be aware of this and other similar drugs that are currently running around and just make sure you're aware just because it doesn't take a lot of it to be fatal. That's the big problem. And the fact that you can potentially have it injected into something or laced into something, even something benign, like a regular over the counter or it's issued at some party or something like I, I really want you as a call to action to be aware and informed about this because I believe my opinion is it's arguably more dangerous this this drug but also others it's more dangerous to ignore drug the, the increase in drug overdoses and deaths it's more dangerous than anything COVID was because again the drugs don't care about your age they don't care about your comorbidities they don't care about race creed color him nor her they don't care about anything other than you just happen to take it, even if you didn't know you were taking it. And I think that risk is greater and deserves greater attention so that kids, parents are able to protect their kids from what they don't even know might be a risk. And of course, the kid's not going to know, like if they go to a, a party or something, they're not going to know, right, that something was, you know, laced into something that they're normally used to taking. They're not going to know. So... All we can do is try to educate and inform. And that's why I'm saying, I think you should, if you're not aware, I think you should be up to speed, take a look at it and be aware of it. If nothing else, even if you don't really need to take any action, but at least be aware of it. And I think you'll agree. If you d dig deep, you'll agree. Everybody's at risk on this one. 
um, to the point that you really should be skeptical about, you know, the medicine cabinet at your workplace. Not to say that anybody would intentionally do something to you, but it could be that they were laced before it got to that place because that's coming from a third party, you know, sourcer. So you just don't know. And that's that's what I think is worrying that we're not worrying about. And I think we should because I wouldn't want more kids to as they unfortunately are doing weed to end up puffing something that puts something like this in their bodies. So just something I thought was very intriguing. I wanted to share and hopefully call the call to action in case you guys were not aware. Maybe you were aware. I maybe cable is talking about it. I didn't see it. I don't see it on the news hardly at all. The only time I saw any kind of push was around um, Prince when he died and that's just because it was Prince and then it kind of came and went. We don't talk about it nearly as much as I think we should, but yet we're repeatedly talking about, you know, this booster this and, you know, variant this and all that when we know that the drugs don't discriminate. And I'm always looking at what does not discriminate because I'm not a fan of discrimination. That's all I got for you here for today's episode. I will be back again, hopefully, if we record tomorrow with my guest on Monday the 25th. And then again, there will not be any additional guests after that until probably about the latter part of May or possibly June as we turn it off for, uh, while we sort all this out. And hopefully, the information I've shared has been at least informational, if nothing else. I'm not taking a side on anything. I'm sharing what the person said in terms of our children. And hopefully, it got me just thinking that Maybe people aren't aware that this is this is arguably a bigger crisis that nobody's talking about. And when it's sight unseen, it increases the risk that something could happen. So I want to make sure that people are informed that it is a risk and, you know, trying to keep kids safe. I think this is the number one thing to keep kids safe from because everybody's at risk of it. And I wouldn't want to see, you know, kids fall victim to something like that. Regardless, I will check back with you guys on Monday. Take care. And, uh, I will also on Monday's early in the beginning for Monday's episode, I will update you if anything's changed as far as the information that I shared at the top of the show. See ya.